Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. to the Retail Corner Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about digital transformation and the future of retail. And in order to do that, we have none other than the CEO and founder of Zipline, Melissa Wong. How are you doing today, Melissa? I'm good. How are you? Doing excellent. Doing excellent. Very excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for being with us. And before we get into the topic, for anybody that doesn't know Zipline, can you give us a quick overview what Zipline does, how you guys help your customers? Sure, great. So uh, Zipline is a store operations platform that really enables stores and frontline teams to carry out the strategies of the brand, right? So it gets them to do the things that um, brands are asking them to do. One-stop shop, all of inf- all information structured in a really uh, intuitive way to track work and keep everyone on track every day, every week, nice. every month, every year. <laughs> Every minute of every day, yeah. Exactly. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. No, that's great to hear. And thank you so much for sharing with us and being with us today. Uh, Since we're going to be talking about digital transformation and the future of retail, right? What Can you describe to all of our listeners out there, first and foremost, what is digital transformation, right? Because I think there's a lot of different misconceptions of what it is and how to implement it into your business, right? Some people think it's as basic as just putting up a website, uh, but it actually has a lot more to do with your operational backend, right? But but I'll let you kind of talk to it and let everybody know what is digital transformation and the, the purpose and the benefit of actually implementing it in your organization. Yeah, exactly. So actually, let me give you a little bit of uh, back, more background about myself to contextualize how I think about digital transformation and why. So um, as part of my background before Zipline, before founding Zipline, I actually used to work um, for over a decade in a retailer. So I actually used to work actually within Old Navy in the store operations and store communications um, team, right? So always out in stores, um, always trying to make better best practices, trying to get stores to execute the direction. And there was a lot of change from a digital transformation, but as well as just a brand strategy perspective over the decade. So we had probably four different brand presidents and um, three different heads of stores. So I'm not sure, (laughs) you know, I think someone on your team mentioned they're an LP. It's a lot of change, right? It's a lot of ingestion. Um, And one of the things that was pretty consistent was a new president would come in. They'd try to redefine the brand strategy, right? Whether Mm -hmm. it's the target customer, it's the shopping experience, it's fulfillment, all of these different pieces. And even if it was an amazing idea, it would fall flat um, when we sent it to stores a lot of times because we weren't able to deliver the information to them in a really actionable uh, and trackable and digestible Mm -hmm. way, right? There's just Mm -hmm. too much information to many different places. And so when we talk about the evolution of Zipline, um, I actually left retail because after so many years, I was tired of getting in trouble for my heads of stores. So funny, my heads of stores are out there. <laughs> part of this journey, 
right? <laughs> but we would just go into stores and they do, of course, you know, uh, Friday visits, weekend visits. They'd say, hey, um, anything from, you know, we made a market moving change at the end of the quarter to pull inventory, put up marketing, increase sell through, et cetera, and the stores didn't do it. Um, or like I walked into a store and they didn't do it. Um, send out the message, <laughs> send another email. How come someone didn't see this thing? Um, to, you know, just like um, updating messages routinely that's causing a lot of confusion and spin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I think about, you know, in retail, as part of a digital transformation, starting from the key strategies inside, we were really trying to transform how the brand operate, operated and brought product to market through testing assortments in a more data-driven and digital way, right? Trying to, you know, um, when we think about A-B testing online, we're trying to do that a lot in store as well and gather a lot of customer sentiment. So like the ease that you can um, look at ratings, look at um, trends, right? Look at peak selling periods and why. That's a lot of what we were looking to do too. Mm -hmm. Like I think in the infancy, like when I reflect back, that's a, a lot of what we were trying to do um, earlier on, especially during one of the brand presidents. When I think about the digital transformation that's taking pl place today, um, I believe it's really around, you know, kind of like moving from what people call an omni-channel, many-channeled approach to mm -hmm. more of what's characterized as like a connected commerce approach, right? So yes, you have many channels. They're all connected together. The customer has more, um, there are, but they're like endless permutations of how a customer shops, whether it's on TikTok, whether it's in store, whether it's online, whether it's through, um, you know, a pop-up event at South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. And how do you have this consistent brand experience? I think with the complexity of the customer touch points and the need to have seamless information and transactions through this connected commerce environment, there has to be, digital has to be a part of that, right? There has to be um, a more technologically uh, enabled way to support the customer's buying journey, especially in stores, because um, stores, I don't believe, have been supported um, as much as they should have been in the past, right? And what does that look like? That looks like moving away from like emails or old intranets, or I even talked with someone a couple of years ago where they were faxing their stores, which is crazy. I don't know how you find the facts um, <laughs> and really digitizing and streamlining and automating a lot of those things so that it's not as manual. So it's saving time um, and it's digitized, right? You're saving time, you're saving paper, you're saving the planet, you're saving um, a lot of costs as well because you're um, making it easy for everyone. So I do see absolutely. this digital transformation spanning um, throughout the org. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're, and you're increasing productivity, right? And decreasing mm -hmm. the amount of human error, right? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it's about embracing technology with your folks, right? With your teammates. And, and talking so much, as you very well mentioned, all your years in brick and border, right? How have you seen brick and border in the retail industry evolve, you know, in the last few years with, with so many things changes, not only from a technology factor, but I think even weather has been insane, right? The past oh four or five years all over the country. Uh, 
inflation, the pandemic, obviously. So all these things, how do you see retail has evolved in maybe the past five years? You know, I think there, there's been very, very significant events back to back. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you bring up weather because we actually have like, um, and kind of like emergency events because we actually uh, support a kind of like a hub for that type of stuff because mm-hmm. we are very operationally minded. We know the types of behaviors that <laughs> operations has to enable in stores. Um, and unfortunately it's coming, becoming more frequent. So when I think about the evolution of brick and mortar, you know, um, in the beginning, I think, you know, stores were really a place of commerce, I guess I would say, right. Transaction. Mm-hmm. I think it's evolved from there to be, um, you know, this kind of like evolving there to be more of a place of experience, right? Customer knowledge, or it was, it was, it, it was like um, a brand channel of experience. What we've seen post COVID is that the store is actually um, driving most of the value for the brand as it becomes more of a mini fulfillment center, as it amplifies the customer experience, as you know, um, DoorDash marketplaces are going to stores to take deliveries to customers so that they can get their products same day, right? Mm-hmm. And so there is something very unique around the store experience if you can capture it in the right way. The store is the most I would say um, the best manifestation of the brand. It can be the stickiest experience, drive the most brand loyalty, but that all boils down to how do you engage and enable your team so that they feel and can create the experience, the best brand experience in every store, whether that means from a customer you know, um, service perspective or product knowledge, or whether that means shipping out the orders on time. But what I have seen is that, especially in the past couple of years, stores are taking on a disproportionate amount of weight and complexity of the org. Mm. Um, and it's hard because, you know, on average, even before the pandemic, the um, average percentage that a store would actually do the thing is only 29%. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for those of yeah, you in no. retail that are wondering, like, what's the measure? It, it was, it's, you know, it's been historically pretty low and it has to be better and higher um, for, for um, us to deliver to the customer and the brand promise, no matter where he or she is, whether it's in the store or at home. But that store is the anchor um, for fulfilling a lot of, of the um, brand experience. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And and I also think um, a lot of the consumers are becoming much more educated than before, you know, because there's so many, so many outlets out there of information and not just information, but options, right? Now you can get this, you know, this tank or this top or this bottom at like a thousand different options, right? Where before Mm -hmm. it was like your top 10 options, maybe top 20 in the local shops, right? Now it's a million options for you and people are becoming very educated. And and with that, I think there's still a gap or or an issue, right? With a lot of store execution, as you very well mentioned, right? And the communication that's happening from corporate to the brick and mortar, right? And and, and all in between. And with that, what, what examples can you give us of brands communicating ineffectively or inefficiently or areas of opportunity where they can get better, right? Because I think 
a lot of even entrepreneurs or starting up companies, they try to grab a retailer as, as a mentor in, in a non-communicative way, right? Because just, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, but a lot of times, really the operational process, right? And the communication process has, has such huge break in between. Totally. Um, you know, a lot of times um, when we talk about store execution, um, and I guess to give a little bit of background, we have... Um, you know, over 75 of the world's best brands, we support them uh, domestically or sometimes internationally. That includes brands like um, Gap Inc., Sephora, um, down to like Real Real, et cetera, um, Allbirds, right? So you can kind of get a, a feeling for the brands that we support. Um, Lego, right? So when we think about, um, and we have many, many, many conversations when I, what we have seen over the past couple of years is that brands are communicating in pretty slow ways or ways that don't support how a store actually works. So they have poor adoption. So people are either communicating through email or weekly PDF packets. Mm. I think Carlos, like what you're talking about, what's interesting, you're like all of the layers. I think what's so hard is sometimes, you know, when we think about ineffective communication, that kind of halts the execution that you want to see or contributes to the lack of execution. Some of it is a trickle down effect through the org, right? So some brands mm. try to solve it by going directly to the store team, but then you have your DM, your RD, your LP person, <laughs> they're all <laughs> in the middle. They're all telling the stores, what they believe the truth to be and they're kind of mudding the organization is not aligned to the direction mm -hmm. and they're not able to move um, fast enough or effectively enough, right? And so those um, older um, kind of like more manual methods of emails where you're sending out you know, email packets, but you're sending out two updates yeah. a day to update the information in the PDF packet and, you know, people are pulling on different uh, pieces of the truth is completely compromising the execution that people want to see. Mm -hmm. um, also old, we see a lot of um, hard to use solutions where um, it doesn't follow store team flow, right? So there's not like what's in it for me, for a store person to say like, hey, this is actually making my job easier. Um, I think store team work is very specific and it's, you have to hand off the baton from one person to the next. You're supporting this like ecosystem in store. So how do you make it easy for the store manager, for the assistant store manager, for the associate to say like, hey, this solution really helps me because in my past, I've actually used some really, uh, it was like best of breed technology, but super hard to use. And then um, even if you get really good adoption in the beginning, after a couple of years, it falls off because people don't know how to use it, right? So even if there's a feature in there that's super helpful, you don't know where to find it, mm -hmm. and your customer's yelling at you, and you're trying to ship from store, like there's <laughs> no way that you're going to even log in to try to get the information. Absolutely, absolutely. And and right now, why would you say, you know, because there, there's a lot of economic concerns, right, for, for all the retailers. I think they're holding in tight or on any type of initiative, project, or investment. But even now... Do you think it, it's a good time for retailers to invest in digital transformation? Yeah, I, it, it, ha it has to be, right? So talking about execution and the why of why 
change? I mean, I guess it depends on whether you believe that the competitive pressure or the pace of change will continue. I believe it will. Mm -hmm. Right. And even when you look at, and when do you believe that consumer buying um, or there's opportunity to optimize um, more localized events or promotions and um, kind of, can you, can you enact a more local, you know, presence? Yes. If you believe that, yes, like you have to have digital to do that. When we were looking at um, some of our customers doing COVID, right, they were communicating with all of the different, um, you know, areas, which are, you know, were being followed by different, um, three different regulations for different COVID regulations and hand sanitizers, et cetera. They had to communicate down to their teams in a more targeted way. Mm-hmm. And our customers were seeing execution of over 90% next day execution, right? Wow. That gave them agility. So I had a, a VP of global operations um, connect with me after the pandemic. And she said, Melissa, she's like, I just want to thank you so much because of Zipline. We were able to spin up like um, by online curbside pickup, different fitting room policies and procedures, like, um, you know, hundreds of things, um, some of which applied to all, some which applied to just specific things, to mm-hmm. just specific areas, but you really made the complex simple, right? And I believe in the next couple of years with inflation, with this pendulum swing of so many things, including weather, it's going to be more complicated. Right. And the stores only have so much wolf rate, as you know. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. how do we make it easy to execute? How do we make it easy for people to understand their how their role supports the bigger picture? How do we enable people to do more with less that has to do with digital transformation that has to do with being able to walk and chew gum at the same time? Because the organization has to ingest more change. And you do that by putting a foundational like train track, like for us, because we have an organized way to really read, plan, and do work, right? And make it seamless. Mm-hmm. How do you get people, how do you help them um, execute five different things instead of one? Like, and they might be big things like POS, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, per, you know, curbside pickup is a big behavior change as well, right? So oh, yes. how do you get them to do all of these things without also just breaking the bank on payroll by making specialized roles? Like you have to, you have to invest. Um, Absolutely. And because they also need to keep the day-to-day operations, right? That they already do day in, day out yeah. you know, on top of it all. And so and for... That- for uh-huh. That, was like, that was like Lush, right? So like, I just came back from a conference where I was talking with Lush. And what's really interesting about them is they're doing a lot more in store because they have a no social media um, a stance, which is really interesting because mm-hmm. they're saying yeah. like one of the founders of Lush is saying, hey, you know, the reason I founded this company was to get people to disconnect and unwind. We have non-toxic products, like um, ingredients, and they really do. They like actually, when you go visit their facilities, they're like literally 
chopping vegetables, like in, in massive kitchens almost. So they use really fresh, non-toxic products. I mean, ingredients, wow. sorry, mm -hmm. in their products. And so their stance is, if, if we created this company to help people relax, disconnect, and unwind, yet we're targeting you with all of this information online, it's, it's at polar opposite, right? Mm -hmm. And if we're creating these products with fresh ingredients where we're literally chopping bananas in the kitchen and then putting them into the products because we believe in non-toxic and like fresh non-toxic products, but we're giving you, um, like they're, they were talking more about, uh, kind of like echo chambers and how the rates of suicide among teens have increased how can we produce, give you this toxic information online? And so what's interesting with them is they put a lot um, of investment and focus into the store, creating communities, um, doing different events, right? Um, and because of the labor shortage, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they have to, have to actually do that with less people than before. So like take 27 people in a store, and now they don't have to do it with like 12 or 14. But it's probably exactly what you're saying, maintain day-to-day -day operations, but your, your complexity the kind of like the hustle you have to bring has increased about tenfold. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so with that, for example, when the retailers do implement digital transformation, right? What is, what is the best way you recommend for them to be able to measure the success of that implementation, right? Because one thing is to implement, another thing is to implement correctly and efficiently so that it actually makes a change for your business. Yeah. I mean, first I would, I would ask, you know, I mean, putting my retailer hat on first, I would say like, what benefit, like, what are you trying to achieve through digital transformation, right? Each brand can be a little bit different. Each brand's distribution channels are different. So it's like the clear, um, why, right? What do we expect to see? What areas of the business do we think that we can affect? What are our most important KPIs? right? Um, to measure that. I don't think you can go blindly into a transformation, especially one uh, that takes a lot of behavior change, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, from a zip line, you know, perspective, you know, what are our leading indicators of success from a zip line perspective? Ours is adoption, user happiness, execution rates, right? And then build up the chain. Then you can see top line, whether it is uh, increased sell-through, whether it's sales, um, whether it's, I know a lot of our customers are looking at NPS, right? Mm -hmm. So, and digital transformation is key in it because they have to be more responsive, more agile um, to customers' opinions and sentiment. So, you know, when we think about measuring the success and approaching a digital transformation, um, it's really working hand in hand with the retailer to see what their key, what, what's their, what's their burning platform? How do we support that strategy? How do we help, um, partner with you to, um, identify some of the key KPIs that are leading? So you don't have to get to the end of the, <laughs> at the end of, of the road and then be like, oops, right. Um, yeah, yeah, we should have gone right instead of left. Yeah. Right. And because ultimately it's going to roll up to, to a lot of the top line measurements, but it might not be there immediately. So we always mm -hmm. say, 
you know, pilot to make sure if you can, right? Um, because some of to to make sure that you're making the right choices. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And and one last question I want to ask you, right? With retail changing so much, what is your perspective on what's the future of retail? And the best recommendation you can give retailers and entrepreneurs out there listening to us today for them to adapt and prepare in order to be able to be proactive rather than reactive into the upcoming future of retail? Um, my answer might be biased. <laughs> um, but I, I, I wonder tr- why. I wonder why. Well, I truly, I truly believe in the power and potential of stores to be the heart of an organization, right? There is, when you look at studies around, I think it's Generation Z shoppers, there's a lot of people um, deciding to, um, you know, to give a higher percentage of share of wallet to those that live and breathe like some mission base, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The store is has the most potential to capture imagination, share of wallet, share of heart through the experience. There's nothing like an authentic customer um, experience. And you see that even with droves of people going back to stores post COVID, right? People want to interact. They want to engage. They want to touch. They want to try. Will they necessarily buy there? Maybe not. You know, there's always an, uh, uh, you know, online halo around store locations, Mm-hmm. The there's if you get the store experience right, nothing can compete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, for me, when I think about the future of retail, and I think about more touch points, more channels, connected commerce, more customer permutations, stylist recommendations, whether online, in store, etc. I see it as. Um, more of a, you know, the, the store is the stickiest, most authentic part with a lot more channels, a lot more permutations of the customer experience mm-hmm. um, that we've, you know, in and out. I see the store playing a larger part just from the unit economics of being able to ship from store, um, to have the inventory in place. Like there are many large retailers that are specifically doing store design to accommodate for shipping from store, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and so I see that playing out even more in the future and for the D to C brands, I think it's becoming more, um, obvious that you have to open, you have to open a store just for the economics because customer cost becomes so high. You're just competing online. Right. And you saw that even like years ago with Bonobos, like I'll never open a a store. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know what they did because it's, um, there's, you know, the unit economics are better. If you, if you get it right, you can really get it right. Um, you can really have a competitive leg in the market. And so like my advice would be invest in your stores and your store teams invest in, um, and why they can have this, the most impact on customer experience. Associates are the most populous, uh, employee base and a mm-hmm. retailer. So how do you equip and enable them and enable your store teams to engage the associates 
and the, um, all the way up the chain, as you were mentioning, how do you align the organization to ensure that you're able to achieve the agility you want, regardless if, if you want to move left or move right? And you can do that with ease. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so important to always have one vision and make sure everybody understands that vision, right? Rather than have a thousand different interpretations of the same idea. It's like playing a telephone, right? And then at the end of the message, it's so different. But thank you so much for spending time with us, Melissa. For everybody out there listening, we're going to have a zip line and of course, Melissa's team information out there. So if you think they can help you improve your business and get better and take it to the next level, they definitely can. Don't even have a doubt about it. Uh, so reach out to them and they're there to help and give you guys the best advice and uh, stick around for the next episode. We had a pleasure talking with you, Melissa. Thank you so much. Have a Thanks wonderful for having week. Me. Thanks you. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.